What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another episode of the Fanboys Anonymous Review Point Podcast. Coming to you, of course, from fanboysanonymous.com. It's kind of the whole point. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me is Robert E. Felice. Oh, Tony. Oh. Oh, this is the best thing that happened to me this year. <laughs> and for a lot of people, too. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. That's what we're talking about. It took a long time to get to this point. And... It, but, you know, to, I guess, bury the lead, boy, did it deliver. Well, I gotta got be honest with you. I, I came really close to just hating this film due to the lack of <laughs> the Neogenic Recombinator. <laughs> but several things in the film did warm my heart. So we are going to break down what we loved, what we didn't like, because there were some things that I didn't like about it. Uh, there's, there's some that picks, there's some stuff. And uh, everything in between with our usual review point stuff. If it's good, it's a hit. If it's bad, it's a miss. And we want you to do the same in the comments below. Tell us what you like and dislike and everything else like that. And chime in whenever you hear something that you want to chime in about. But while you're doing that, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Ring that little notification bell. Hit the join button if you want to join us for the members only content. Like the bonus feature stuff that we do. Or if you want to take advantage of the Pick Your Poison tier where you can request stuff. Like, for instance, if you want us to do fan tracks from all the Spider-Man movies, we'll watch them. <laughs> Love please, those movies. Please pay us to do that, yes. <laughs> so that's uh, something of mine. I know for a fact that Rob is down to do the uh, Mount Rushmore of Spider-Man Rogues Gallery. Yes. Really want to do that at one point. Maybe uh, some other offshoots. Maybe, you know, the Mount Rushmore of Spider-Man costumes. Maybe even just, I don't know, an hour of gushing about Spider-Man or something. I don't know. My number two favorite superhero of all time. So I mean, that might be what this is. That might be this, too, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, it is. <laughs> it's kind of the whole movie, right? <laughs> but um, there will be spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie yet and you don't want to know, then by all means, bookmark this and check it back later. But if you don't care continue listening i just wanted to make sure that you knew that just in case so you're not sitting there going oh my god i expected you to do a spoiler free thing nah we're not gonna bother with that we usually try to do like a spoiler free version the spoiler free version would be this movie's pretty fucking awesome and then that's the end of it let's get into spoilers that kind of territory so i saw somebody say that like there's only like two things that are actual spoilers the rest you kind of knew but i have to say even knowing things like even as like, we watch wrestling, and even knowing things, but it's good, it's good, and this was so good that it was like, it didn't matter that you thought you knew or you knew going into it. It was just good. So, we're going to bounce all over the place here as far as topics go. We're not going to just run down, you know, the beginning of the movie happens this, and then that, and then that kind of deal. We're just going to, you know, see where uh, the discussion takes us, but going into this, your biggest thing that you kept saying was... You needed Toby. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, I say that about a lot of things. <laughs> you know, Toby just makes it better. But that was my big thing going into this. I really couldn't care less about Andrew. You know, and honestly, that changed throughout this movie. And it changed for the internet, too. Because coming out of this movie, people are dying for uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Now, you've not watched those two, right? I, I finally got around to it. Oh, okay, good. And, you know, here's what I'll say. I think the MCU, as good as it is, 
can be a labor of love. And like, sometimes you need to watch every single movie just to understand the one Easter egg that occurred in some off moment. And that could be a little off-putting to some people. Because I think the benefit of the early Spider-Man movies and the early X-Men movies were you didn't need to do all that. Yeah. This rewards Spider-Man fans in the best way. Everything about this was just like, here, it's Christmas. Here's your presents. If, you, if you're a fan, thank you. And this was just a love letter to fans, and I loved it for that. So I, I expected certain things out of this movie, and they delivered on everything that I expected except for a couple little things. I, I, I'll mention the nitpicks as we go along. But I walked out of this movie with just like a, ah, okay, thank God. There's so many, like, so many positives. It's very few misses in this. Lots and lots and lots of hits. And I think that they kind of, they're in this mindset right now. A lot of superhero movies. And it's been happening for, uh, it's been happening kind of since um, Days of Future Past came out where they sort of realized a lot of their mistakes and they're actually like actively making up for them. And I've said this before, how crazy is it to talk to your past self about all these things that's happening? I mentioned it before about like, you know, they're going to do this movie with Thanos and it's going to have, you know, the Avengers that are going to include everybody from the guardians of the galaxy and, you know, Ant-Man number two and whatnot, like, you know, that kind of thing. But like, there are problems with the other Spider-Man movies and there's problems with the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. And by the end of this, I felt like they solved they, a good of them. They created a couple more problems, but they solved a giant amount of them too. My favorite thing about this movie is how this movie openly accepted the criticism from the fandom and we're just like yeah we're, we're gonna talk about all of it we're gonna give you all of it and even though i do think like there's some things in this movie i wouldn't have done but then again there's a lot in tom holland spider-man that i wouldn't have done the mcu spider-man which i think is supposed to be a take on like ultimate because he's so young I just, I've never been down for it until this movie because this movie really saw, saw him mature, you know? My biggest issues with the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man are nothing to do with Tom Holland. It's all MJ and... Now, why don't you like MJ? Let's talk about that. Well, I'll say this. It's MJ and it's the way that they use certain characters. Uh, but the MJ thing, there are multiple things I don't like about this MJ. One thing I hate that she's not Mary Jane Watson. And they address that in this movie yep. halfway because <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, Miss Miss Watson. Jones, and she's like, Miss Jones. Jones and she's like, I don't go by the Watson part. And it's like, okay, but then she's Michelle Jones Watson. So why is she like Mary Jane Watson, Michelle Jones Watson? Like what? But I hate that because it's like 
just make her marry Jane Watson. And like, yeah. you could keep a lot of like, you could keep Zendaya and just say like, okay, well we changed the ethnicity of the character. And then it's like, okay, some people will be pissed about that. But like, Oh, if, if she's still Mary Jane and she still acts like Mary Jane, then she's Mary Jane, you know, like, um, Max Dillon, two different versions of Max Dillon on the screen. And I still felt like, okay, well that's Electro. Electro doesn't really have like any defining characteristics. You know what I mean? But like this Michelle experiment, three movies. And I'm like, I maybe like enough of her scenes for one movie. I've never liked this characterization. But it brings up a question that I I was going to make into an article. I still might. I don't really know. I'll probably address most of it here and then not bother to write an article. But who is Mary Jane Watson? Well, like, what do you mean? Like, what does her character represent? Because we know how certain characters go. Like, this is going to be a random aside, but, you know, everybody follow me on it. We know that when... Batman and Robin are together and it's like Batman and Dick Grayson that Robin is going to be the fun like counterpart to Bruce's dour nature. And we know that when it's Damien that Bruce is going to have to be the one that's kind of like, you know, calm down Damien, that kind of thing. Like he, Bruce doesn't become not serious, but he comes a little less serious when he's with Damien. And we know that like when Peter is with somebody like Captain America. Peter's like all fanboying out. We know that when Peter's with Aunt May, it's a very maternal supporting relationship. We know that when he's with um, somebody like Norman Osborn, that it's going to be a very like deep, almost like a betrayal of a father figure type. But who is Mary Jane Watson? Because Mary Jane, if you... If you can't say Spider-Man's girlfriend and hot redhead, who is Mary Jane? Uh, She is the reason Peter is grounded. And I think that, yes, she she does just exist to be his girlfriend and a hot redhead, but that's okay. I think that that's a problem with Mary Jane. And I'm okay with the idea of, like, trying to figure out a new character for Mary Jane. Because, like, did you play the Spider-Man game that came out recently? I sure did. We're going to talk about that, too. I have not played the game, and I haven't seen the uh, Miles Morales one. But I've watched a walkthrough of the Spider-Man game. So, I got that part down. I didn't for Miles. But... How they make her a reporter, kind of? They make her, like, the Daily Bugle person. And Spider-Man over these years has gotten a lot more into like that. He's become a scientist. He's had his own company and all this. I'm not the biggest, biggest fan of that. Cause I think it kind of takes a little bit out of the whole, like every man thing for him. Cause if everybody else is just a scientist, what makes him different from Reed, Reed Richards, I mean, or like Tony Stark or Bruce Banner, like then he's just yeah. the same, you know? Yeah. But like, it's not different enough for me. So I liked the whole taking pictures of Spider-Man and doing that kind of thing. And when they do the whole thing with Mary Jane with that, I think, well, maybe that's your way to kind of have your cake and eat it too. But 
if they wanted to go with this idea that Mary Jane in this universe is like this dark kind of person, you know, all these like sarcastic comments and like Peter's the fun loving kind of one. And she's the one that I don't know. I get the guy get the kind of feeling like, why would he want to be around her? You know what I mean? Well, that's certainly a way to look at it, but I get what you're saying. Like, I don't feel that those two characters should connect. They're told that they connect, but I don't feel like they should. So I feel like that's poorly done. But I also just hate the Michelle Jones name. Because I'm like, well, even if you just, this was a bad interpretation of Mary Jane, at least if she's Mary Jane Watson, that's the thing. Or if they wouldn't have called her MJ and if they would have had her just be Michelle Jones. And then, like okay, well, we'll introduce Mary Jane down the line and we'll kill her off or we'll, you know, whatever it might be, then okay. But like, I don't know. That always had bugged me. So I liked her better in this movie because she was toned down a little bit. I thought she was great in this movie. But like, I still didn't really like her all that much. I'm not surprised. So this was the best Michelle Jones but out of these three movies, we still haven't gotten a good Mary Jane or a good MJ. I'll say that because obviously we haven't gotten a Mary Jane, but that was something that's on the nitpicky side for me that like, not still kind of a miss. Still don't like Michelle. Ned's awesome. Of course. Um, I, you know, I look at Ned and I'm like, I'm not into Ned. Really? But I think it's cause like, I I'm very, Peter, MJ, Harry. Yeah, makes sense. And Ned was just sort of there. And now he's going to be like a... Like, he has the ability to control magic. Anyway, which is cool. And we've, we know we've got three more movies of this, and I'm excited to see where they go. But I'm not the biggest fan of Ned. But also, as I've openly stated, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Mostly because... I'm not big on kid Spidey. Again, this movie sold me a lot more. You'd like more college level Spidey. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. The, you, you can do more with that. I think the words with great power comes great responsibility hit more when you hit a certain level of maturity, which is why they waited with Holland. But that's, that's my only nitpick with Ned. Um, I thought MJ was great. MJ was a different take on Mary Jane. Because, well, first of all, she's not Mary Jane. But I even think that this movie makes that better because we're just establishing, like, different universe, totally different world, totally different Peter. You know? And And I'm like, uh, I don't want to see... um superman with somebody who's got the ll name but she's not lois lane and she's uh lola uh i don't know lois lang like did you merge lana and and lois Lois. yeah like nah like i I want lois lane you know i want (laughs) has anybody done done that they did it in one thing i forget exactly what it was i don't remember if it was an episode of the um justice league or whatever, but it was like, if I'm remembering correctly, it might be wrong. Somebody leave a comment if I'm wrong. If I'm remembering right, Clark's uh, Starro, not Starro, is it Starro? The um, 
Oh no, that's not Starro. God damn it. I'm not blanking on this name too. The one with um what do you get for the man who has everything story where uh Mongol is in the Fortress of Solitude and he puts that Starro looking kind of alien on Clark and he's just like envision uh envisioning his fantasies. Right. If I remember correctly, in the animated series, the version of Lois and Lana that they merged is named something kind of like like Lois Lang or something like that. That's uh, so silly. Let me try to find this. Lois Lane and Lana Lang merged. Uh, maybe that's going to pop up with that. No, that's no, just this Lana Lang. Uh, uh, let's see. And who has everything? This is like, uh, you know, on mid podcast. <laughs> it's just be like that. It's Loana. That's ah, what it is. Got it. Loana. Yeah. yeah but that's like, it. you know, that's a one shot kind of fantasy world sort of deal. So it's like, all right, you know, it makes sense. But um, that's one of my nitpicks. Uh, I'll balance out nitpicks with major hits. Instead of just being like, here's all the nitpicks and here's all the things I love or something like that. So that's a nitpick. Here's a, a major, major hit. I loved how when they did this whole thing with like, um, you know, okay, well, what are they going to do with Spider-Man's identity? The first thing I was thinking of was if he goes to court, they need Matt Murdock because it's just so perfect for him to have a lawyer and have it be daredevil is like the thing to do. And of course, once you see the, uh, the walking stick, the cane in the theater, everybody goes nuts. Did that happen yeah. with yours too? Oh yeah. Th- there were several moments of people just popping mm-hmm. like you wouldn't believe. And that was one of them. I wish he would have been around for more. I really like Matt Murdock. I really like Matt Murdock with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see the Matt Murdock and Spider-Man Daredevil team up against Kingpin, which yes. not to spoil too much, but Hawkeye. Yeah. Kingpin's on the show. Anything to get back to the Netflix Daredevil, which was so good. The Netflix Daredevil, you keep that continuity. You get rid of some of the other things, <laughs> you know, you can like pick and choose what you go with. Like that version of Punisher. Very cool. Jessica Jones, I liked her. I didn't really love the show, but I liked her. I liked a lot. Of, that's the thing with those Netflix shows. I liked a lot of the casting, but I didn't like a lot of the shows. Like watching a full second season of Jessica Jones and having it like seemingly go nowhere forever was like, fuck, I didn't need to see like 10 hours worth of this, you know? But right. that's a different thing for other podcasts that I've done. But I loved that they had Matt Murdock in here. And I love that, you know, he catches the uh, the brick that's thrown through the thing. And he's just like, how did you do that? And he's just like, I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> love it. That was great. Uh, to go back to a nitpick of mine. Um, here's a plot hole. I don't know if you thought about this, but they specifically address all these villains are coming back because they were killed by Spider-Man and they were saved right before their death. Sandman didn't die. Well, does anybody really want to remember Spider-Man three? So it's 
Sandman didn't die. Um, Electro didn't know Spider-Man's identity in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So they can't just go with, oh, it's all the people that they knew his identity. No, he didn't know. So I'm kind of like, hmm? I don't know why they necessarily even bothered to put those lines in there if they contradict themselves. They could just be like, these are other people that have fought Spider-Man or something. You know what I mean? Somebody with issues with Spider-Man. That, because that's they thing. had to throw in the line about death. Because you had to get the fact that Norman Osborn was going to be the big baddie of the movie, thus proving, by the way, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, <laughs> the best. Tobey Maguire's first Spider-Man is still the overall best of all the Spider-Man movies. Like, by itself, that's the best one. Like, it pro- this movie proves it because they bothered to have the very first villain 20 years later he's still the one who does the most damage isn't that crazy 20 years later 20 years fuck that makes me feel old (laughs) ah but i'll tell you what this fight scene those fight scenes made me so happy everything that willem defoe did and that's another thing the actors came back with a vengeance willem defoe did his own stunts as much as he could he apparently said i'm not coming back unless Unless he could do that. Know. Right. That's crazy. That's awesome. He fucking, he kicks so much ass. He's so good. That is so fucking rad. And it's like, they could have recast all these characters, but it wouldn't have felt the same. That's the whole point. Is everybody marking out over, marking out's a wrestling term for people who don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm so used to saying that. Everybody flipping out. I'll say that. Uh, over going like, oh my God, that's that from that one. You know, that kind of thing. And like certain lines too, like when he says, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah, oh my God, yes. <laughs> that was a huge pop for me. Um, I honestly, the, the little interactions, like the, even though we saw it in the trailer, the, what's your name, Dr. Anna Octavius? <laughs> no, really. <laughs> what's your name? I thought that, I thought that was hysterical. Um, and. I, I wish I could write down all the things that were so good about this because I've lost track of all these great lines and everything. Because more than anything in this movie, I loved the dialogue. Like, I would watch an extra full, you know, another two and a half hours of just the characters talking. Lines like when you get like the three Spider-Man to, uh, characters together and they're all the Spider-Mans instead of Spider-Men. <laughs> it's like... Uh, you know, he goes, Peter, and they're all like, what? And it's like, no, Peter. Wait, yeah, we're all Peter. Peter Parker. Wait, yeah, that's all us. Like, that kind of thing. Like, Man, let, let me tell you. The, the geek out moment I had, because first of all, like, seeing Toby was one thing. When you get into the dialogue, mm-hmm. and when you get into, like, they're all just... They're working on the cures, and Ned goes, do, do you have a best friend? Yeah. <laughs> I did. He died in my arms after he tried to kill me. <laughs> oh. And I think I might have started to tear up when Andrew goes, do you have anybody? And Toby's Peter goes, 
Yeah, it's it's difficult. But we made it work. Me and MJ. He's like, yeah! <laughs> you don't even need to see it. It's just that you said they ended up together instead of the horrible way that Spider-Man 3 ended. Because that was a weird movie with a lot of like really rushed uh, symbiote stuff. They really... See, the issue is they shouldn't have had Sandman in the movie. It should have been a Venom and Green Goblin movie. Because you take Sandman out of there, they add more scenes for Venom, and the movie works. Well, I mean, outside of, you know, why the fuck is he doing this weird dancing down the street and all that kind of shit. But, like, fundamentally, Sandman is the villain that doesn't serve a purpose. You know why he was doing the weird dancing down the street? This goes back to what I said about you didn't need to see like a bunch of movies. Like it was just a fun movie. It was just <laughs> like, here's your summer blockbuster kids. It's Spider-Man. And of course I wish that Toby could have been a part of something as great as the MCU. And I think all the actors did too, because <laughs> look at how much they killed it in this movie. Well, this they, one uh, person who I'm blanking on their name right now. Let me try to find if I can see this. My time to sh- my time to shine. Hello, who supposedly is like a pretty reliable source for leaks, says Marvel wants both Toby and Andrew back for Secret Wars. Yes, listen, more Toby, more Andrew. Andrew had a phenomenal role and i think i was really dissecting the whole who played the best spider-man who played the best toby and who played the best, who played the best, <laughs> best <laughs> and who played the best of, of both and i think toby is objectively the best peter but i think andrew might be a better spider-man and i really do think yeah tom holland gets it he gets mm-hmm. both pretty well you know that's like, kind of how I see it, yeah. I really want to see what he does moving forward. It's funny you said who does the best Toby. So, um, uh, Kaylin, friend of the <laughs> I, podcast, yes, I that uh, for anybody who knows uh, Kaylin from this market moment stuff, um, he went to go see it with his girlfriend, and uh, she had said um, that Tom Holland's not better than Toby Keith. <laughs> So everybody on these Facebook comments are all like, you know, oh, well, what about like Keith Urban and whatever? And like, uh, and my comment was, um, you know, there's no way that he's a better Spider-Man than Jerry Maguire. <laughs> like, you just kinda... yeah. and, uh, somebody had said, what's our take on James A. Garfield's version of Spider-Man? <laughs> and, like, it's just, you know, um, yeah, I, I loved so much of the dialogue between them. Like, I, I love the little bit where. Uh, he shows off the organic webbing, and they're all like, "How the hell did you do that?" And like, you that know, the, that's so good. Like, what does that only come out of there? Nowhere else? Like, you know, because that was a huge thing. Where it's like, yeah, he's it's organic for him, whereas you know everybody else makes the web fluid, and I always liked that it was organic. Me that too. Makes more sense to me. Yeah, because he has all these spider powers. Why You're doesn't he have that? By a spider. Like, what are you making web fluid for? Yeah, I, I get that it doesn't make any sense that it shoots out of his wrist and how does that work and all that. But 
I don't know, fucking, how does any of this shit work? Figure it out, you know? Like, And I think, by far, the best line in the whole movie, guys, we need to be a team. I know we're being a team. I don't want to brag, but I was in the Avengers. <laughs> you were in the Avengers? That's amazing. That's awesome. What is that? Yeah. Is that like a band? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, them genuinely not knowing what the Avengers is. It's just so good. Uh, you know what I'm surprised about with that whole reference? Do you remember there's that part in Spider-Man 2 where they're trying to figure out a name for Doc Ock and he's like, how about Doctor Strange? And he goes, I love it. Oh, wait, it's taken. Well, multiverse. So Doctor Strange in that universe. Because multiverse, because he has the ability. As we will see, I'm sure, eventually. That's so like, that's, you know, that's kind of interesting that that's where they reference that. And then, you know, we get Doctor Strange in that. But yeah, I loved that line. I loved the, uh, <laughs> I love the part, like how old, because admittedly, most people tend to be kind of shitting down on uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. And I love that he's just kind of like, oh, my God. Oh, I wish that I would have fought an alien, too. Because, like, you know, the oh, I fought a black goo alien like, and I, I fought I, a purple one. Yeah, yeah I'm, lame. Like, I'm lame. I fought a guy in a rhino Russian. suit. <laughs> I fought a Russian, an old Russian and a guy in a rhino suit. Hey, hey, man. You know, we got to stop this self-doubt thing. <laughs> you... You're amazing. An amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> and it's, it's like, yeah! Like, ah. See, missed opportunity here. I think that he should have replied back, you're spectacular. Yeah. And then they should have said for the other one, whoever he would have said that to, it should have been that the other one's sensational. That, I definitely think he should have fired back with the you're spectacular. Ah, like... But I mean, the, like, obviously, that's a nitpick, nitpick. Like, the, the line's fucking great, you know? So it's like, oh, here's what that makes it better, you know, that kind of thing. Like, but. Yeah. The little things here. I'll say this. I never liked how young Aunt May was. Like, I just never sat right. Well, she's 57. Yeah, just. Could, but it's just Mercy Tomei. Come on. Like. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> wow. That's. <laughs> That's an amazing 57. <laughs> right. The very first movie when that came out, I was uh, the joke that I made was Aunt May? No, no, no. Aunt definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and kudos to her then. But- and it is funny too because it's like Rosemary Harris in the first one. She looks old enough to be his grandmother. Yeah. And then you get Sally Field. And Sally Field's not a bad looking woman or anything like that. So like when that happened and Andrew Garfield's movie came out, I remember being like, oh, Aunt May. Aunt May's kind of hot, you know, like Sally Field. They went with like a, a younger, like better looking, you know, kind of like more not sexy in the way that like they're not trying to make her like a sexy character. But like, you know what I mean? And then when they ended up going with Marissa Tomei, I'm like, are they just progressively going to get hotter? Like, who's going to be the next Aunt May? Is yeah, it going like, to be like she's getting younger fucking and- Megan Fox or something? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we're going to be so lucky. Right. But. Marissa Tomei, uh, she doesn't feel like Aunt May to me in a lot of ways, but I liked her. And I was like, they're going to kill somebody off in this, of course. But I thought that it was going to be Toby. 
Yeah, well, you're an asshole. <laughs> I just figured, oh, they'll kill one of the Spider-Mans, and then that way it'll be like, you know, Spider-Man watches his own death in kind of a way, and Toby will come back for just one movie, and that that'll be like a means to write his character off. Oh, by the way, another missed opportunity. He and Mary Jane are together. It's a shame they didn't say that they had a daughter, and it could have been May. Man, that's something I hope they explore, because I do know that they eventually have a daughter, and it's a lot of fun in the comics, so I'd like for them to explore that. But you never know, maybe Toby... Maybe they come back yeah. and they do some kind of extra little, you know, side thing. Maybe they yeah, do something maybe. more for the uh, Into the Spider-Verse sequel or something, you know? Maybe they explore that. I'd be so down. But um, the Aunt May thing. But then, you know what? You're a jerk because Toby does get stabbed. Yeah. And the way I was like, no, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can't do this to me. Like, thankfully, they didn't do it to me. Uh, they completely write it off as just a joke. He's just like, oh, I get stabbed a lot. <laughs> like, Thank God. I was like, holy fuck, you're not doing this to me. This is the best thing that's happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they do kill off uh, Aunt May. young Peter's Aunt May. And I honestly, I thought the video game did it better. But I think killing off Aunt May and letting it be this moment for Peter is a really cool way to get around the Uncle Ben trope without it being Uncle Ben. I will say the, with great power, there must also some great responsibility. That line doesn't hit as strongly as it does when Ben says it. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I don't like how they never really referenced Uncle Ben. Even when the other Spider-Man uh, they say about Uncle Ben, Tom Hollins doesn't acknowledge that. It's right. almost like in this universe, Uncle Ben wasn't even fucking there. Like we, he's already dead or something. Right. Like it, like if uh, Aunt May never married or something, but we know that he's a part of it because he has a, his briefcase that says BP on it. So th you know, Uncle Ben was a thing, but like, for two other movies, he never says anything about Uncle Ben. And I always thought that that was one of my biggest nitpicks is, like, you can avoid doing the Uncle Ben death and the origin, but you can still reference it. Like, it's just a quick line. Just have him say, like, things have been crazy since Uncle Ben died. And you got, like, you get the best of both worlds. And I think that that's another missed opportunity here, too, is during that whole thing there could have been a little acknowledgement of that. Just the same as there could have been, like he goes to visit Aunt May's grave. Why is there no she Uncle Ben gate grave? Yeah. Right. Like what the fuck is that about? Do they just have it out for Uncle Ben? These writers, what's going on? And I didn't like May dating. I'll say that. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I didn't really like that all that much. They gave her something to do and they really, she it didn't do too needed. much, but it they, wasn't needed. It was a side plot that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my nitpick. I do think that if she dies, I don't know. I'm a little bit of both worlds for this, where Aunt May needs to die at some point. Because well, we all do. Like, I mean, like at some point in the story for Peter in the grand scheme, like you can't write a hundred Spider-Man stories and not get to Aunt May's death. 
I mean, you unless it's the type of shit where it's like, you know, the serial cartoons where it's like, okay, and then and this one Electro is trying to steal this, and and this one Hydra Man is attacking a dam, or you know, like that kind of shit. But like I'll spoil it. Like in my um Spider-Man blueprint, I haven't quite sorted out everything like that. But yeah, Aunt May dies in that. Cause it's like a currently eleven arc story, I think. Not gonna tell you how, not gonna tell you what the end story is, not any of that kind that's, of stuff. Uh, side note, that's the content that I'm looking forward to most from you. The blueprints. I want I want like forty five minutes to an hour content of just you talking spider-man that i will eventually watch while eating dinner <laughs> and random points throughout the year that's uh that's my goal for the year is to be able to do some of these blueprint things but um i i kind of think sometimes it's better if aunt may dies of something like hell she dies in the video game with the whole like she's got a virus and you you can either cure her or you can cure a whole bunch of people and she says you know what the right decision is. And she says, take off the mask, go on to my nephew, and she's fully aware of it. They don't, like, mm-hmm. I think that was cover to cover, like, the best Spider-Man experience I've ever had. With this movie probably being number two. I like that kind of idea, because I like that it's a choice Peter has to make. Just the same as I really like it when Pa Kent dies of a heart attack. Because, like, the whole idea of the, the fucking tornado, that's dumb. Sorry, Zack Snyder, that was a dumb thing. Clark could have figured it out, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, if Jonathan Kent just dies of a heart attack, there's nothing Superman can do. And he just has to accept that Sometimes he can't be Superman in that kind of way. So that's the perfect death for him to suffer from. Sometimes it works, I think, for Spider-Man to have like Aunt May physically killed. But I almost never want to go in that direction. I like that other direction better. And in this one, I mean, she just kind of gets like ran over by the glider. She doesn't get impaled. Yeah, she needed to get I will say that. That was my, like, how Norman got impaled. I wanted to see that. If May was going to die, I was like, nope, you should have done that. It should have been full circle. He died that way, and now he's killing her that way. Or, like, Peter dodges, and he doesn't uh, account for the fact that Aunt May is in front of him. So, by him dodging, she gets hit instead of he, like... Maybe that would have been something I would have liked a little bit better. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't like that she delivers the line. Because here's my my nitpick fix of that. To kind of acknowledge this whole Uncle Ben thing. She says, remember what your uncle used to say. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. There you go. All you have to say is that. And then everybody goes, okay, yeah, Uncle Ben did say that. She's just acknowledging it. She's getting the line in this. But it's, it's it's like you get both sides, you know. You I get guess. you get to give her the line, but you don't unacknowledge Uncle Ben. I guess the easiest way to get around this is just by saying, "Yeah, different universe." Yeah, so and it, that's, it doesn't it doesn't have to be, you know. Well, Ben said 
even though, like, if it was me, Ben would have said it. Right. Because that's Ben's thing. So, like, I, I had my nitpicks, like, those kind of things. But then, you know, every time that something like that would pop up, and I'd be like, oh, man, they kind of missed an opportunity there. Then they would do something like, you know, Happy still has Dummy, the uh, robot that Tony Stark had. And it's like, ah, oh, he still has Dummy. That's great. Or, like, um, I loved the interaction of the villains, where it's like, Doc Ock knows about Osborn. And he's like, oh, you died a couple years ago and whatever. And then Sandman comes and he's like, yeah, you died too. Doc Ock, it was all over the fucking news. Like, you know. And then they had uh, Electro. So much better than the other version of him. Yeah. Just so weird. But they acknowledge that too. Yeah. He flat out says, like, I'm a cooler version. (laughs) I don't want to leave here. I like who I am here. And I think it's funny too that even the electricity is better in the MCU. Yeah, that's <laughs> bizarre. It's just like, man, everything is better here. The power is so much better here. It's like, what? Okay. Um, I, I really, I really, really enjoyed seeing Norman, not Norman, uh, Doc Ock get cured. And yeah, the baby like, face turn. Oh, another wrestling term. The, um, the wholesome <laughs> interaction of like, Peter, it's good to see you, my boy. You know, it's just like, what a nice, what a beautiful thing. And he's like, you've, you've grown. And it's just, I, I'm just trying to do better. It's just like, I love it. Uh, it's, so, it's so pure. It's so wholesome. It's what you need this time of year. Because mm-hmm. like, like in universe you figure his character like because toby doesn't match up with the character's age obviously his character should be 37 so that's like that's a jarring thing for doc ock to see the 17 year old kid is now 37 year old and to be like oh fuck peter like wow you did grow up you're a fucking 40 year old now (laughs) like you know yeah, but that's I was hoping so much that Doc Ock would turn to a hero again because I'm like, that's another thing too that was really good is Sandman immediately a good person because that's what he was at the last thing he was like oh, I'm gonna help you out Peter and I'm like okay shit they're not gonna just bypass that they're gonna go straight for yeah he's gonna help oh another missed opportunity Electro fighting Sandman he didn't turn him in the glass. Mm. Small nitpick, though. Yeah, that's just one of those things. If you're gonna have Electro fighting Sandman or electricity with sand, the glass thing, you got to do that at some point. But yeah, the uh, the characterization, perfect for those kind of characters, and of course, Green Goblin being the biggest asshole of the bunch. Yeah, because he's the biggest Spider-Man villain. See, I'm one of those that just genuinely believes if it's done right, it's Venom, but. Goblin, I think, is the more cerebral villain. And I think that's what makes him the best. Venom's my favorite out of those. But I never think of him as a full-on villain. Because he is just, you know, this anti-hero. But even talking about that, the post credit scene. Yeah. What's going on here? They get... Yeah. They get the whole thing where they transport him over to the universe. And then before he interacts with them... 
he gets transported back. But he leaves a little bit of the symbiote behind. So, how do you feel about the theory of Flash Thompson being Venom? Oh, you think they're going to go in that route? Yeah. I don't like that. I never liked Flash as Venom. I like the idea. This, this is a weird thing. I like the idea of Flash becoming a hero, having lost his legs in combat, and having something that makes him supernatural, but I don't like it being Venom. Because to me, Venom is Eddie. It's Eddie Brock. You should only be... right. It's Eddie not Brock it's not Scorpion mixed with Venom. It's not Angelo Fortunato. It, it, it's it's Eddie. It should just be Eddie. Cletus should just be Carnage. I'm not a huge fan of Toxin, but I like what they were trying to go with with the whole like what if a cop was a symbiote? But I feel like that's what they should have done. Toxin should have been like the cop gets killed and Toxin's the one that uh, Flash becomes. Because then you can play around with that a little bit more. Because it's like, okay, well, a cop and an army guy. All right, well, you know, if you did one, you did the other one. Okay, whatever. I know they went with Venom because it's a cooler design, you know? Agent Venom and whatever like that. But yeah, I don't like the idea of Flash becoming Venom in this universe. I don't like this Flash. Yeah, I was going to say say that exact phrase. I don't like this Flash. And that's not to shit on Tony Revolori. He seems like a cool kid and everything. But like, this is not my flash. My flash is the jock douchebag who picks on Peter Parker, but actually really likes Spider-Man. It's not Joe Manginello. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's closer to it. Closer to it. I think the best flash that we've seen so far is a combination of that one and the one from Andrew Garfield's. If he looks like the one from Andrew Garfield's, and he's hitting on like Mary Jane and whatever, and he's fighting with him and all that. That's that's Flash. Yeah, and we have to talk about the one scene that like choked me up, which is MJ's falling. Mm. Peter goes to save her. Peter Tom Holland, and Peter gets knocked out of the way, and Andrew. Goes for this dive, like, this is my redemption arc. Right. And he fucking catches her, and he is immediately blubbering, and it broke my heart. And that was so good. Because I love, I love so much the uh, the Gwen death in that, with the little, like, the the web starts to look like a hand reaching out. That might be the best part of that movie. And I actually, I actually really, really love the theme for Amazing Spider-Man Two. That bum 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 bum. It's fucking great. But um, I have to get your ear for these things. I really do. You pay so much attention to the music, and I love it. Write down a note to yourself right now to. Um, to get the uh, to like start looking into the soundtrack of Amazing Spider-Man Two because there's some really awful things, but there's really good stuff. That's one. The um, I'll send you some of the the stuff because <laughs> what the fuck I already have it. Um, 
But some of the songs are really good. The song that plays when Gwen is falling is extremely good. And another cool thing that they did in this movie. So in Amazing Spider-Man 2, and this is going to be one of those things you're going to be like, I didn't even pick up on this, but um, Electro's theme in Amazing Spider-Man 2 plays as the electric current. Like it's like a Skrillex type of a thing. And it's like this like kind of thing. They did that in this one when Electro first pops up. So they just carried that theme over. And I was like, immediately when you hear that, I'm like, oh my God, Electro's popping up again. Like, you know, they're kind of like, ah, fuck, that's great. Because they didn't have to do that because it's a different kind of thing. Like Hans Zimmer did that score and that kind of deal. But those little touches are the things that make it so good. It's... This, again, was a love letter, and I really think they gave the fans so much. Like, I wasn't expecting much from Andrew and Toby. I really wasn't. I thought, they'll pop up, maybe they'll be in a fight scene, but they're not going to give us too much. And what they gave us, and the way that they tied their stories up with this story. It was just like, okay, cool. I don't need, I don't yearn for that fourth Spider-Man now because like you got to see him in action. You know, he ends up with MJ. That's great. You get to see Andrew who does get shit on unfairly. You get to see him have that, redemption arc acknowledge that he's lame it's (laughs) the whole the whole thing was just so good i will say this i did mention the neogenic recombinator which is of course from the animated series but is that not what the fabricator was (laughs) like it was supposed to be the pseudo thing of like this this thing will cure you all of your ailments and it's just great and here you go yeah, all that stuff. Whenever they can do some kind of a reference and just kind of tie things in like that, I'm going to go nuts over it because it's like you're you're tapping into that inner geek. So you acknowledge that Daredevil's in the same universe, even if it's not the same Daredevil, but it's just like, oh, that's Charlie Cox, that's Daredevil. Even if they would have recast it, if it would have just been like, oh, we're actually still getting Daredevil and this is fucking great. You put all these people in there because it's a culmination of a 20 year thing. And they just like, I don't know. It's a a love letter. And at the same time, it's completely fan service. Like this movie on its own does not work. (laughs) This is not a movie that somebody watches for the first time seeing any Spider-Man movie and appreciates, but that's okay. Cause these movies, these MCU movies, they're not, solo films you have to treat it like a tv show and but like i said like that's why i think the mcu can be difficult because maybe like your casual fan because i do think they exist in this universe as opposed to the universe we usually cover the casual fan does exist here yeah every so often i'll come across somebody who will be like well, you know, I didn't see these 
six movies, but I saw Endgame, and I'm like, how do you fucking do that? Like, right, but like maybe they just don't want to watch, you know, all the movies in the MCU with Spider Man. You don't need to. Maybe you only see one, and and it makes you feel good because you saw the Green Goblin or something. But the more you watch, the better it is. It's just the more heartwarming it is. By the way, Trek, your uh, Dropbox <laughs> gave you I, gave you sixteen files for you to listen to uh, at a future time. That. <laughs> I do appreciate that. We have uh, some soundtrack stuff here. But yeah, the uh, it, it's just this is a movie that makes you feel like twenty twenty sucked. 2021 sucked but when you have some of these things happen and you're like oh that nostalgia makes me feel better you know (laughs) that's sometimes what you need movies are event like ultimately they're escapism they're they don't serve any purpose other than sometimes propaganda obviously sometimes they're trying to push some sort of agenda or whatever like that but like primarily they're just entertainment and if a movie is a really good art piece, but it's not enjoyable, well, then I get it. But there's also something to be said about something that's just enjoyable, but it's not art. And sometimes I'll just take that over that, you know? You know, IGN describes this as a good mashup of the MCU and a Saturday morning cartoon. And that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. It's very comforting. It's very comforting. But it's also super emotional. Like, yeah, you know, Peter making the decision to, okay, so forget the first spell. Forget making people forget I'm Spider-Man. Let's just have people forget that I'm Peter Parker. They can forget me. I don't like that at all. I do, and I'll tell you why. One reason. Stupid. But he's back in the regular suit. I think they could have done that anyway. I like it, just because I like the regular suit. Like, I... I don't know how they fix this. Because realistically, like, they're in a weird spot now. Nobody knows that Peter is a person. Like, he had a GED thing there. You mean to tell me all of his high school records are gone? Does he have a license? Does he have a social security number? He's just living as a ghost, essentially. Like, I don't like that direction. Because I don't... I can't think of any way for that to be fixed other than magic. And I don't think that they should do another magic rewipe thing. Because they should have just done that at the end of this. I think, depending on how they go with whatever the next movie is, I think that they would have been better off with everybody forgets that I'm Spider-Man. And then he just decides not to tell Ned and MJ. You know? So that they're safe. Yeah. And then he's back to the whole, like, trying to keep a secret type thing. Because I just don't get where they're going. Because, like... Out of the people that are left for like, you know, okay, who's the main villain of the next Spider-Man thing? 
what what story do you tell? Craven can't hunt him. Originally, that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought Craven was going to be hunting Spider-Man as far as like a bounty kind of thing. Craven can't really hunt Spider-Man in the same kind of way if he doesn't know who Peter is and all that. You can't sure. really have Chameleon because Chameleon, what's he going to do? Wear a Spider-Man outfit? Well, anybody could wear a Spider-Man outfit. That's not even, there's no point in Chameleon. You just did Goblin. If you do Venom, the whole thing that's interesting about Venom is the Peter Parker connection. I think it could be Venom. Hydra Man? Is that the one? I don't think you can make a movie about Hydra Man. Plus, they already did Hydra Man, kind of, with the the elements. Hmm. He's not big enough to do that, you know? So it's like, who else is left? You can't do Mr. Negative because Aunt May's gone. Um, you can't do Vulture and bring him back because his whole thing was that he knew that it was Peter. And we already did Mysterio. So it's like, where do they go, you know? I'm I'm looking at a list of like, okay, what can you possibly do here? <laughs> you're not going to do Hypno Hustler. You're not going to do Kangaroo. You're not well, going to do a Morbius movie. And like Morbius can't sustain a, a fourth movie where it's just like, okay, it's just him fighting Morbius. Nobody would give a shit, you know? So here's an interesting thought though. Have they ever done anything, Felicia? They haven't done Black Cat. They only did Felicia is in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but she's just a secretary, so it's stupid. Because if you think about it, there is no love interest because MJ doesn't know him. Maybe you get some Felicia connection. That still doesn't totally explain everything. Like The whole Peter side is just, that's what's throwing me off. Because they could have done like Spider Slayers with Alistair Smythe. They could have done. Uh, they could. I don't know if I want a home movie on Smythe. No, nah, maybe not. But like, maybe they would have. Like in my ideal scenario, maybe they have Craven and the Spider Slayers, where it's like the Spider Slayers are hired to get Spider Man. So is Craven. You know what I mean? More the Hobgoblin. Never done in movies. Even the Hobgoblin, you just did Goblin in this one. And what's the story? Because you can't do Ned as Hobgoblin. Have they done... They did Scorpion. No. They didn't do Scorpion, but they had him in the first of the Tom Holland ones. He just didn't become Scorpion. I mean, that's always an option. Pretty lame option, but it's an option. Like, maybe they do something with the clone saga? That's that's one thing. Maybe maybe they do something weird with, like, Ben Riley. Mm, Scarlet's better. And it's like... Maybe there's like a... Oh, okay, wait, wait. Ah, the wheels are turning. I'm, I think I'm getting somewhere here. All right, so... In this movie, remember, 
Doctor Strange takes Peter out of his body, but he's able to control it. And he's like, how do you do that? You're not supposed to be able to do that. Right. So I just assumed that that was like a spider sense type of thing. But what if that's a mystical thing? And what if they introduce Madam Web? And that's the mystical thing that fixes the identity stuff. And what if that ties into Morlin and the whole like spider totem type thing and or the clones where you can have uh, Miles Warren. That's his name, I think. Uh, the Jackal. Jackal, it's Jackal. <laughs> you could have him be involved in that, and you can maybe do like if you don't want to bring back Zendaya, you don't want to bring back Ned Leeds. Maybe Peter's going to college, and maybe he meets up with Deborah Whitman and or Gwen Stacy, and it's Empire State University, and it's like the whole that whole kind of thing. I would like Deborah Whitman. Maybe he isn't Peter Parker for the first little bit of the movie because he's going under the alias Ben Riley, and you can kind of do that. Mm. But Madam Web, maybe she's the one that fixes it. Maybe it's like, oh, in the tapestry of the universe, like you need to be Peter Parker, and fucking here you go. There's your explanation, that kind of thing. Maybe Madam Web. There you go. Oh. I just gave you your fourth tip and sixth. You know what? And it, look, I'm going to pitch another thing too. If you want to give her something more to do, have Madam Web be reinterpreted in this universe as, um, you know how like Galactus isn't supposed to look like that. It's just that yeah. that's everybody sees what, what their own mind can like comprehend. Right. What if Madam Web is played by Aunt May or by Marissa Tomei? Yeah. And it's like, that's who he sees because that's the most comforting thing for him. Kind of like what they did with Captain Marvel. And then he's Ben Riley for the entirety of the fourth. It gets fixed in the fifth. And the sixth can be just like one last ride. Six has to be Sinister Six in some fashion or something. Man, I like the way we think. <laughs> It works the same with uh, WWE. It's like sit down for five minutes and book a whole year or something, you know. Yeah, ah, it's a it's an idea. It's not at all what part of my blueprint is. I don't think I have Madam Web at all. Actually, you wait, no, no, I I do have Madam Web somewhere. I know I've got her somewhere. I'm gonna try to look that up without spoiling too much. But um, yeah, my my stories for the Spider Man things are not fully fleshed out yet. So I don't know. It's still uh still in progress but let me see where i've got my madam web in here i know she's not real madam web like madam web madam web um okay all right well i'll i'll spoil this uh my madam web currently is a regular psychic in some fashion in one of the stories and i won't say some other stuff but um so I do have Madam Web, but she's not like, you know, this mystical multiversal type of thing that uh, is played by Stanley's wife or something. Talk about that. Like the uh, the animated series never having a finish for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, 
I love the animated series. No surprise there, but I don't like the end of the animated series. Yeah. Where he's just going to go find Mary Jane. I'll take you to go see the real Mary Jane. Because <laughs> I didn't like that whole thing, but that's another different discussion which we have to get to one day. Do you think we get any kind of crossover with uh, Tom Holland and any of the other ones in the next uh, Spider-Verse? I would hope so. I would really hope so, because this was... It was so good to see them all together. Mm -hmm. Especially, and look, I gush over Toby because that's my childhood. But to see him in the updated, like, effects... And he's able to do more because, you know, 20 years have passed. I I really enjoyed that. And I want to see them continue to interact because they had a great chemistry on screen. Yeah, I, I love how Andrew Garfield's is just like, I, I love you guys. <laughs> and they're all just like, okay, like, you know, yeah, you're like my brothers and everything. Uh, and then uh, at the end where they're just, uh, Andrew's helping Toby up and Tom's just like guys I and they just go we know it's like ah it's so great like uh, it's I a movie that I can't again. I was just going to say I can't wait to see it again I don't know if like, I'm going to get a chance to see it in theaters again but I'm, this is a movie that I'll pop on quite often probably this is like it, I'm not going to try to compare it to a bond but I will say it's probably like golden eye level of enjoyable and rewatchable. And I haven't felt this good about a superhero movie since like dark Knight. you know, mm. where it's like, I never, I never want to not watch this. If this is on TV, I will stop what I'm doing and endure commercials just to sit like, okay, cool. This is on. Granted, I won't have to do that because it's Toy Story 2, but like, if I did, I would because this movie is great. Yeah, this is a movie I'm going to revisit just for like certain scenes. Like, I'll click on it and be like, yeah, I'm going to watch the, uh, from like, as soon as the other Spider-Man characters come in onward for the whole rest of that and i'm gonna watch the the interactions with all the villains and i'm gonna watch, oh you know what was another good part too unrelated to all those things but i liked the whole part with the bridge and he's going to talk to the um uh the mit uh professor or whatever uh, the head of the admissions or something and she's just sort of like i'm gonna talk to them about you and your friends oh my friends like they didn't they didn't do anything to do with this whatever this is just about them i'm gonna talk to them about you and your friends like just kind of like stop it peter stop being self-sabotaging whatever then she says to to doc ock you that was not cool or whatever yeah i love that because it doesn't that need to happen but it works because it did and at this point it's so crazy this universe try to think about how baffling it must be to live in this universe Uh, like in 2008 a billionaire goes around in a tin suit and it's like this corporate kind of battle against his other person and it's like oh wow that like that's fucking weird okay sure whatever right he got you know kidnapped and then 
turned into this. That's one of those oddball things. And then you get this like, oh, and then there's this giant green monster fighting in Harlem. Holy fuck. Monsters. That's insane. And then you get a god in Thor pops up and you're like, fucking gods are real now. Okay. And then you get, hey, remember that Captain America shit that you found out? Like in the history books for all these years, for 70 years, we've been telling stories about this like propaganda guy from World War II. Yeah. He's back. You know, he was frozen and he's still alive. What? Oh, he's going to help fight the other God that was okay. Cause by the time you get to Avengers, you're like, I love that. They keep referencing that as like, that's their ultimate. Like I'll spoil something with the Hawkeye. There's a part where Hawkeye goes up to uh, this part of grand central where it's got a memorial and it's like, uh, at this spot in 2011, the Avengers first assembled and it's like the list of their names and stuff. And it's like, yeah, in this universe, 10 years ago is their nine 11 essentially in a whole different type of way. And you're like, I don't know. This like all this like Spider-Man stuff. You blip out for five years and you come back and it's like, oh, God damn it. What are these fucking people up to these days? A purple alien did this? Well, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, that's awesome. And to the point where people can see Spider-Man, it's like the guy from the first one where it's like, hey, you're that Spider-Man, aren't you? Do a flip. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fucking great universe. It really is. And the the crazy thing is, like, it's got to end one day. It won't be any day soon, but like one day the MCU will actually end, and then what? It'll just be like this wonderful moment in time. Because even now, like people don't understand. Yeah, when the Toby movies are coming out, superhero movies were still kind of like, okay, nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go go see Spider Man. And I did see a little bit of that here. I just saw a tweet that was like, your boyfriend's cheering Spider-Man beating up the Green Goblin and he's 37. And now you have a bunch of people who, if they see something like that, they stomp it out immediately. But like, it wasn't like that before. Right. And like, the one we always go back to every time we do this is Guardians. Because everybody just fucking knows Guardians. Guardians is like, oh yeah, you don't know Guardians of the Galaxy? You don't know Rocket Raccoon? Like, it's just insane. How that universe grew and it changed our universe for real. It's awesome. And this movie's fucking awesome. It's five out of five. And we're in this era now, like I had said before, where they're trying to like fix other movies and they're referencing other movies and all that, where we've gotten like on the flash TV show, they did crossovers from all these other things where they were showing like Knox from Tim Burton's Batman reading a newspaper. And it's like, Oh, that's the Tim Burton's Batman universe. That's crazy. And they're doing like, um, the, Oh God, what's the name of the thing? Like the, uh, that shitty show that was, it was on like 13 episodes or something. And it was, um, black canary and, uh, birds of prey, Ah, the birds of prey TV show. Like they referenced that they referenced, um, 
the 60s Batman, like they referenced all these other kind of shows. They, of course, reference all these Flash shows and everything. But like that does a crossover and they have Ezra Miller pop up on there. So it's like now you're crossing over into the DC films and coming up soon, we're going to get a Flash movie where Mark, uh, Mark, Michael Keaton, Mark Keaton, who the fuck's Mark Keaton, uh, where Michael Keaton's Batman's going to be in it. And Ben Affleck's Batman. And that's going to be another mindfuck of a thing. And then we're going to get Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And if everything is pointing in the direction that it seems like it's pointing. X-Men. It seems like X-Men are going to be involved in that where they're going to have Patrick Stewart. And that they might have like Chris Evans might pop up as the human torch from those old Fantastic Four movies. How fucking nuts is all this shit getting? <laughs> it's so cool. You know what it is, though? And, and here's... I saw this with the Sonic movie and the trailer for, like, Sonic 2. The difference now is that these are 30-year-old properties. Well, the case of Sonic, it's a 30-year-old property. But now you're dealing with diehard fans yeah people who grew up like if i was making a sonic the hedgehog movie i don't think i'd make too much different from what they did and it's like you look at the mario movie from 93 Mm -hmm. and and understandably you go i i get how they got there because at the time mario was just this like jump jump you know like how do you turn that into a feature film? Now, this time next year, we're going to have a Mario movie. And even though the casting is bizarre. <laughs> it's it Pratt, likely, right? It's like, what? It'll likely be true to the material. Because now you have diehard fans running this shit. And yeah, you did see a lot of that with X-Men. And you did see a lot of that with Spider-Man back in the day. But they didn't put X-Men in the yellow. Because they thought... Oh, that might be a little too much. Right, it was the, yeah. what do you expect in yellow spandex? Like Now, I bet you, if they did an X-Men series, there'd be yellow spandex. They'd figure out a way to make it look cool, because they've done that yep. with every other Avenger. And they did. They actually kind of did with the, uh, um, heading into X-Men Apocalypse. And then they kind of just fucked it all up again, because that's what they do. But like... Days of Future Past was a means to go back in time and to fix everything. And to, if that that should have been the end, they shouldn't have done the Apocalypse movie and, and the other stuff. It should have just been that. But like, we might get Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine in another reference. And if we get, you know, some kind of crossover shit with that, then that's fucking awesome. And like, well, it's time. It's time to bring them into the MCU. Hopefully they do bring them in there. Hopefully we get great casting hopefully it's another great series and everything, but like, cause it's so crazy. Their exclusion from the MCU exclusion. That'll be the next, uh, X-Men yeah, spinoff. I, I definitely <laughs> thought of that when I said it, they, you know, it's made them kind of on the outs a little bit. Like everybody still knows Wolverine, but the X-Men aren't as popular as they would be if they were still in the MCU and they were still great movies. And we missed an opportunity of having Wolverine fighting with Captain America. Yeah. Or like 
Magneto screwing up uh, Tony Stark's armor. You know? And so you gotta get there. Again, you can't take things for granted, man. Do it while Patrick Stewart's still here. Do it while, you know what I mean? Do this shit while you can. Because it's cool. And it won't always be around to happen. And now they've also established, too, the different Peter Parkers don't look the same. So the rules in this universe are if you're a multiverse variant or something like that, you can look alike, but you don't have to. All these different versions of Loki looked like Loki because they could just use the same person as Loki, except you get to the uh, the versions of Loki that didn't look anything like him. There was the uh, Richard Richard Grant, I think is his name. There was the alligator Loki, the little kid Loki. So even in Loki, it's like, okay, you don't have to look exactly the same to be the same character. And then you get that coming full force into here. I don't know. It's just like the MCU is special. It gives me the feeling of like you said, like these are like 30 plus year properties where people are making the movies because they were fans. You know what it kind of feels like we're in the era of where somebody takes their toys, like their action figures and they go, I'm going to play with all of them. (laughs) And it's going to be like, the crossover event where Batman is fighting Mr. Sinister because the worlds collided, you know? That's the only thing left, you know, to bring those comics to the screen in some way, whether it's through a game or through a movie. They got to do Marvel and DC. That's the one final, that's like the final frontier. They do have a couple more steps that they can get to. They can do the Secret Wars, and they could do like the Battle World and all that stuff. Yeah, but the number of things that they can do—it's less more than is, before—is shockingly small compared to what it would have been 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago, even. I'm still yeah. in awe to this day of the fight against Thanos in Endgame. It's insane. And it's like, this movie just goes, like, I said it earlier, how do you tell your younger self? How do you tell, like, how do I tell the version of me that remembers hearing about that they're going to make a Spider-Man movie? I heard that from a teacher in high school, where he showed me a magazine, and he's like, you see that this thing about the Spider-Man movie? And I'm like, they're making a Spider-Man movie? What the fuck? Holy shit. And we were debating, we're like, how do they, how are they even going to show like the webs and swinging around and all that? Like, how do you film that? And it's like, I don't know. Like, we'll figure it out like next year when it comes out or something. And it was like, oh my God, they're going to make a Spider-Man movie. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. In the world of 2002. And then you see the movie and you're like, oh, they can never get any better than this because it's Spider-Man. <laughs> and then, of course, nowadays when you go back, you, you look at that. back and you're like, I'm old. Yeah, and you go, wow, okay, there's a shot where it's clearly like a like a cardboard cutout of uh, the thing because Spider-Man doesn't move at all. <laughs> you know, like, that kind of shit. But like uh, when uh, when Green Goblin kills those 
board executive people and they turn into skeletons and the CGI is terrible. You know, I, the, the shocking thing to me is I, I sometimes get in like what I'll call for the sake of it, a time loop where I'll be like, yeah, there's no way that, you know, 2010 was 12 mm-hmm. years ago. Like the, and when you look back at how grainy and old some of the footage looks, you're like, oh, Christ. <laughs> like, like, you know, I had that moment watching a lot of the Bonds where it's like, I remember the trailer and stuff for Die Another Day. This looks hardly old. And you get a lot of that when you're watching the stuff now, but you're right. It's wild to me to think, even when the first Iron Man's coming out, imagine telling yourself, this is going to set off a chain of events mm-hmm. that is going to make the things that you love as popular as like the NFL. Like, I, like I've said it before, I remember nobody wanting to go with me to see Iron Man because they're like, I don't want to go see Iron Man. That seems dumb. And I ended up going on a Monday because people didn't want to go on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm like, really? Nobody wants to fucking go? All right, fine. I'll just go see it by myself. I went Monday afternoon to see Iron Man by myself. And I knew that there was supposed to be some sort of a post-credit thing. And I remember telling the people in the audience that were with, like, you know, not sitting with me. Because, like I said, I went on my own. Um, But I, like, the people started to get up. And I was like, oh, hey, uh, there's supposed to be something after the credits. And everybody's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, there's like a credit thing at the end. Like you have to wait until after the credits and then there's another scene. And every, everybody was just like, wait, I don't know. They're fucking understand this. Now, I had seen that in other movies. So I knew what that was like, but it wasn't a regular thing where like now everybody waits to the end of it. You know, For Christ's sake, we were watching rumble mm-hmm. and we're like post credit. Ah, right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a superhero movie. It doesn't have to be anything for it to be like, well, there's a chance that there's, I mean, most dramas don't, it's not like there's going to be like a post credit for something like a, you know, an Oscar bait film. When I went to see 19, oh God, what's the movie? 1914 or something. 1912. Yeah, 1912. I was like, yeah, there's not going to be a post credit scene. <laughs> you know? But, uh, even that too, they show the Venom thing and they show the preview for Multiverse of Madness and people are going nuts in the movie theater for all these things. Like there's a girl that was next to us that she might have orgasmed when Andrew Garfield popped up. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the, you know, those kinds of things should be saved for Toby, but okay. <laughs> all the web fluid all over the place. Well, the movie just come out of the, wrist. the movie's doing so well right now at the box office that it is the 119th highest grossing film domestically of all time already. Only 118 films above it. It's been out for, what, how many days? Less than a week. One, uh, two, three, four, five like days. Four days. Yeah. It yeah. is the, as far as the lifetime grosses by MPAA rating of PG-13, it is the 69th. Nice. Well, um, very, very nice. It already beat every movie this year for domestic gross. Yep. <laughs> In five days, it beat out 
Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Venom, Fast 9, Eternals. Thank God, because that movie sucks. No Time to Die. Huh, maybe it would have been better if you wouldn't have killed Bond. Uh, <laughs> uh, a Quiet Place Part 2, Free Guy, Ghostbusters, Jungle Cruise, Godzilla vs. Kong. All these movies that are big movies. And it wiped the floor with it. Like, for uh, for that matter, like, Eternals made 163,000 or 163 million thousand would be atrocious. 163 in five days. This has made 260. So this has already made a hundred million dollars more in only five days. And I think that that combined with the way this movie goes is proof that Toby's the draw. Toby's villains are the draw. They are the movies. And we need to start putting respect on the name of Toby Maguire. <laughs> I think uh, that also proves that the Toby Maguire movies, at the very least, if not also the Andrew Garfield ones, are well overdue for fan tracks. Yeah. So I think that everybody mm-hmm. should sponsor that on the Patreon and make sure that we do that. Hit that up. I think that... Uh, I want to dive into so much Spider-Man stuff, but man, I always want to dive into like Batman stories and all the other things too. So it's always hard, but and we're, we're just getting started because there's going to be so much content with the audio dramas and the cartoons coming. It's going to be a good time in 2022. And when does the Spider-Verse come out? I think Christmas. Not like this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously not. Like like a year from now. Uh, let me check to see if I have that down on my list as far as like a, a set time. So I'm not seeing it on my list quite here on there. October seventh. Oh, cool Halloween. Hmm. So not even a full year before we get to that point. That's good. Look at that. Can't wait for that. And all these other movies that are coming out too. Like we're going to, that's Sonic the Hedgehog too. Of course I'm going to see that, you know, but Dr. Strange, I, I'm not the biggest Dr. Strange fan. And this movie made me want to see that even more. So I want to see this secret wars. I want to see, I just want to see more Spider-Man and I want it to, I want them to make sure that they're doing a good direction for the next one. I don't want this to get all weird, but even though I'm going to have my nitpicks, I'm going to trust them too. As long as it's not just Sony. Keep Kevin Feige. Absolutely. Hey, Sam Raimi is doing Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think that that's even more of a reason why they had this whole Toby thing going on. It's great. It's good news. I'm Uh, excited to see what references we get in there. You think we get that a reference to that really bad Hulk from O2? <laughs> the Angley one? Yeah. We should. It should just be Eric Bana, and it should just be him being like, oh, like Bruce, we need your help. And it's just kind of like, yeah, that's not, you know. <laughs> I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> be like that Simpsons thing. I'm the Hulk. <laughs> you know? He can't be the Hulk because I'm the Hulk. <laughs> I would like it if they used some kind of multiverse stuff to sneak in a final Stanley cameo. If they could with like extra footage or yeah, yeah, 
That'd be kind of cool. I'm still waiting for the fucking Living Tribunal. I don't know how that didn't pop up in Infinity Game. Uh, Infinity Game. Infinity War and Endgame. Just merged them together. <laughs> the Infinity Game. <laughs> the urge to merge is so real for you. It really is. <laughs> I remember thinking at the time, I remember thinking that uh, Infinity War was going to be followed up by Eternity War. (laughs) Listen, guys, you need to go see this movie. You really do. Even though we spoiled the big surprises in there, it's so worth it. So if you haven't seen it yet, you got to go see it. This movie's great. And it's just pure fan service and shit, but that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And I can't. Honestly, I can't say anything but positives. Yeah. So, it's a hit for sure. 100%. 5 out of 5. Honestly, one of the best things I've ever seen. And uh, So much fun. I'm hoping, of course, the next... Well, I'm hoping every movie is as good as that. But I hope they I'm just kind of keep this going. Every experience in life I have is as True. Like, uplifting as this movie was. Thank you. Th- thank you to everybody who put that thing together. Like This was a, a much-needed piece of happiness. And uh, that's our thoughts. Drop your comments below. Tell us what you think. Hit up the Patreon. Hit the Join button. Hit the Subscribe button. Hit the Like button. Make sure that you let us know what you want to see next. We might be able to do. I don't know for sure. We haven't quite 100% settled on it yet. But we might be able to do a fan tracks for the new Matrix movie. So that might be the next thing that you're hearing from us. And if not, I mean, I don't know what the next thing would be. But obviously, more coming to the Fanboys Anonymous channel because Fanboys is fun. And, you know, we want to set aside time you know, to do that stuff. We did so much this year, and I loved it. Me too. That's, I've, we talked about this in our bonus features, but, like, more of that. We need more of that for sure. Yeah. And uh, more good stuff like this. Um, we'll talk about, I'm sure, you know, the next, technically the next Spider-Man entity of this is Morbius. So I'll be seeing that, you know, for sure. When's it out? Uh, January, February. I can't remember when. I think it's January, actually. Nice. So, yeah, it'll happen. And we'll see that. We'll review that. Maybe in the meantime, we do some other stuff. And I don't know. I guess we'll see you there. But like, uh, you know, if you want to follow what we've got going on, you can follow everything else at Fanboys Anonymous. And you can check out if you are into the pro wrestling stuff. Check out Smart Out Moment that we mentioned. You can follow me at Tony Mango. You can follow Rob all over the place at Dude Felice. Yeah, follow me everywhere at Dude Felice, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch.tv/DudeFelice. That is where you can find me on the social medias. And we will see you when we see you with whatever it is that we see you with, everybody. Maybe it'll be three versions of us on the next podcast. <laughs> it would be amazing. I wonder if we'll all look different. Is it amazing or is it spectacular? Or is it sensational? It's stupendous. <laughs> the stupendous Spider-Man. <laughs> all righty, everybody. That's it for now. It's time for us to geek out.